Hello and welcome to Dine With Me. I'm Callie Punchard, your podcast hostess with the mostess, food obsessive, tableware enthusiast and founder of Studio Dine. In this podcast, I chat with guests about what would make their dream dinner party, from the dishes they'd serve and the drinks they'd pair to their guests, music, hosting and more. If you're new to the podcast, make sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and then pour yourself a glass of whatever you're drinking and let's get into it. Today I'm chatting with Grania O'Brien, who is the founder of Ink and Paper London, a luxury letterpress studio specialising in wedding stationery and one that I have used with my own wedding couples. She's so passionate about creating beautiful paper goods for her clients. Honestly, the attention to detail is insane. Adores entertaining, as you'll soon find out and loves pasta just as much as me, so you know it's going to be a good chat. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? Yeah, good. A bit um, doing a lot of different things at once because I'm about to go on holiday, but excited to be like doing this right now and amazing. There's other things and for another as well. <laughs> yes. Although it's just getting really nice here, so sod's law that you then like go away when the sun of finally course. comes out. But of course. anyway, how are you? I'm very, very well. Not going on holiday, sadly. I've just come back from um, the wedding <laughs> anniversary weekend, which was gorgeous. Oh um, lovely. Where did what you go? It's always, whenever you go away, you start, I mean, I'm, I'm literally, whenever I'm away, I'm always planning the next break whilst away, just to make sure that there's something in the diary and something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because when you're away, you're like, this is great. Why don't I do this more? Yes. Why don't I just live on holiday? Why do I have to work? Why do I have to bring money in? <laughs> whenever I go anywhere abroad, I'm like, why do I live in the UK when I could live somewhere like this? But then I'm like, yeah. much harder to do what I do, not in the UK. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So there are some benefits. And yeah. actually, I think we're both very, very lucky in that we get to do something we're both very passionate about um, for work. So there is a certain amount of play involved within that as well. Yeah, totally. We are. We are very lucky, I think. It is fun to do a creative thing. I don't know how I don't know how people just sit at a desk all the time and just do the same thing over and over again. No, not at all. everyone's different, aren't they? <laughs> Completely. And maybe um, that's some people's idea of happiness. Who knows? Well, exactly. <laughs> um, do you want to introduce yourself for anyone who might not already follow you? Absolutely. So um, my name is Grania. I am the founder and creative director of Ink and Paper, who make luxury wedding stationery. So it's all beautiful, tactile, letterpressed, um, exquisite finish, um, beautiful to look at, beautiful to touch. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We have had various conversations in the past mostly about pasta so I'm yes. sure that there'll be a lot of pasta <laughs> chat today <laughs> today is not the day to go pasta de pasta yeah everybody after this one is going to go and want to get themselves a bottle of pasta I'm sure exactly um, and if you haven't if you're starting the podcast now make yourself a bowl of pasta press pause and come back with the <laughs> pasta ready yeah yeah exactly exactly um but going back to what you do, how did you actually get into what you do? I don't think I've ever asked you this before. That's a really good question. Um, my 
degree, God knows how many years ago, was essentially in fine art bookbinding, graphic design, and one of the modules was letterpress. And I completely and utterly fell in love with the tactility of it. I mean, I literally, you couldn't drag me out of a letterpress box. Um, I spent all day just enjoying playing with type, seeing the impression that it made on the cardstock, seeing all the different things that you could do with it. Um, but actually, when I graduated, it, it was completely not viable to go into letterpress as a did When I graduated, there wasn't really, there wasn't Instagram full stop, there wasn't Pinterest full stop, there wasn't this visual creative um environment that we are so fortunate to have now um so mm. actually i ended up working corporate for um a good 10 years before um the creative itch got far 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 too much to bear and actually it was a chance encounter with another letterpress workshop a friend of mine said i fancy doing it to you and i was like well i remember how much i loved it when i was at university so pretty much skipped in um and then by the end of that day, obviously adored the workshop, that goes without saying. Um, by the end of the day, I had bought myself a small press. By the end of the week, I had set up the name Ink and Paper. By the end of the next two weeks, I bought the domain name. Um, and yeah, I mean, just the creative environment that we live in now had just enabled so much more the ability to actually play with these traditional techniques um, and so forth a lot more. Um, so yes, it was sort of a happy accident Um I'd been looking to get out of the research industry anyway, and it was just absolute serendipity. And actually, weddings is one of the few areas where letterpress is still completely viable because people love beautiful tactile wedding invitations, and that's where it comes into its own, both in having the traditional tactility of the craft, but also being able to bring in something new, something more playful, something more modern, and playing with playing with letterpress um, in that way. Yeah, and I think people people want to put those like special details into their wedding stationery, don't they? In particular. So much, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all about the little details, isn't it? Um, it's like you mm. see all the, all the, all the small cumulative elements create that big picture, which is what creates that wow factor when you, when you, when you actually you go into the room. Mm. Yeah, totally. And you've got a big, I mean, nobody else will be able to see it, but you've got a big letterpress machine behind you right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome to the beast. <laughs> Pride and joy. I'm sure if anybody goes on Granny's Instagram, um, you will see it. <laughs> yes. yes, it features regularly on my stories and there's certainly, I think it's yeah. even on, on the grid, I think there's a few little little reels of it clattering away happily. So always there for, for the viewing and always there for the enjoyment. Yeah, so much more like special than than printing nowadays isn't it like all the I mean I'm sure it takes a lot longer it does it does I mean, and, and, and unfortunately that is, that is the one thing I mean the cost of letterpress is reflected in the amount of time that it takes to to create these things um so digital print is lovely it's very versatile it's a lot cheaper um but you will never have that that beautiful beautiful luxurious tactility um which letter, letterpress can bring yeah yeah totally Okay, so we're going to be talking about your dream dinner party today. Yay, this is one of my favourite topics. <laughs> I think the only thing that we talk about is food, to be honest. <laughs> have, we, have, we, have, 
we actually ever had a non-food based conversation? I'm not sure we have. I'm actually not sure. <laughs> Anyone like delved into our Instagram DMs, it's just like like replying to each other's food. Yeah. And talking about pasta. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, being influenced maybe, by maybe, each other to make pasta. Yeah. Maybe occasionally talking about a cocktail, but then it would always come back to pasta. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still in the same realm, though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Anything delicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to be talking about your dream dinner party. Uh, you Do you like to be the host? I do. do you like I to do. Host? I think I get so much. I mean, I like being a guest. I love being a host. I think anyone who'd ever um, come around when I've been entertaining, it's like, I love putting on a show. Um, I love I love cooking for people. Cooking for people is my love language entirely. Um, even mm-hmm. though the act of contemplating who, who to have, what to eat, what to drink, what cocktail to begin with, um, all of those elements just bring me so much joy. And then being able to share the experience of dining, chatting, laughing with people. Um, yeah, absolutely love to host. Like being a guest, but love Amazing. to host so much more. <laughs> so are you going to be hosting your dream dinner party i am i am absolutely hosting okay. amazing amazing do you um do you have a lot of dinner parties yourself anyway do you like to have people not, around not so much in the last couple of years but i think that's obviously um no. <laughs> interesting in terms of um mm. entertaining I'm, I'm definitely starting to entertain again more and um Yes, I mean generally, my I I will always try at least three or four times a year to have a big dinner party, get a bunch of ten ten around. I mean, I think my table can just about seat ten people. Um, get a big crew over, um, bring them all together, have an evening spent going probably usually on into the early hours of laughing, drinking, etc. Um, yeah. nibbling until until the food completely runs dry. Um, yeah it's it's absolutely my happy place um there's there's no there's there's no joy like it I don't think Mm. when you're in your element completely completely like surrounded by your favorite people doing things you love eating delicious food I don't think anything can beat it I totally agree totally totally agree so where are you going to be hosting your dinner party are you hosting it yours or are you hosting it in a different dream location I am going to. I'm going to host at mine. I like a kitchen dinner party. Um, I thought mm-hmm. I was thinking like I'm, I was mulling it over and going, would I want to host and be a host in a beautiful restaurant? Would I want to go to a exquisite venue somewhere? But actually, you know what? I'd much rather just be at home. I am a complete homebody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where everything is. I would have. I would be. I. I. Oh my god! I am such a kitchen dresser. I mean, like there should be a swear jar in the run-up to me having a dinner party. Like if people come into the kitchen while I'm still trying to prep, and it's just like me going, "Why isn't this happening? Everything's going wrong. It's all a disaster." Um, and then, yeah. So it would need to be at home just for disaster mitigation. Um, yeah. But fair enough, I mean, if it wasn't at home, I think I'd love to have like some beautiful stately home. Having it outside, though, to make particularly this time of year, as we get warmer, mm. as we head into the summer, somewhere which you could do like lovely long tables, al fresco dining would be gorgeous. Um, mm. Though, if I'm cooking, I need to have a good kitchen. We need to have a good, well kitted out kitchen. So, no, no Airbnb mm. nonsense with one bread knife. <laughs> so, I yeah, no, absolutely not. So. 
are you have you got a garden are you hosting in your garden or are you hosting indoors for this specific party i would probably i'm gonna host in the house but fling open the french doors to bring the outside in so you get the best of both um yeah and that way particularly at the night wears on it gets up a little bit chilly um you've still got all the sense of the environment but you're not necessarily chilling down quite so much yeah that said maybe maybe towards the end of the evening the party split into two and like whole huddle head out onto the garden table <laughs> sit by the chimney enjoy the um, last of the embers and warmth um sip a glass of whiskey and then the rest of the people everyone else is in the kitchen maybe someone's helping with the washing up maybe we haven't even bothered maybe we've gone we're too pissed there's no point in trying <laughs> No, yeah, leave it to it's a tomorrow job. <laughs> Absolutely, always a tomorrow job, especially oh, when it comes yeah. to glassware. Yeah, no, yeah, you don't want to be washing the glassware <laughs> when you've had too many <laughs> drinks. <laughs> or you're washing them up and then you're re-washing them up in the morning, so there's just no point. Yes, because you basically would have gone in, in your trunk, slightly drunk, and hey, yeah, that's, of course that's clean, but it's not clean at all. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Um, okay so hosting at yours hosting I love that inside but with the doors open I feel like that is great because then like you say you can just shut them if it gets too cold or move or in and out as you so please and it decides to shut down with rain it has been known to happen mm, true yeah you've got to be prepared um okay so the table you said you've got a fairly long table I do um what are you what are you doing with the table? I am almost certainly styling it. Um, I can't, it, it has to look pretty. I mean, I think it's part of that thing of being a stationer is like there's as much um, style as there, as there is substance. So it needs to be functional. Um, I'm not going to do something where mm-hmm. I put so many flowers on it, but you can't see the person opposite you um, or anything like that. But I will be getting out all my prettiest glassware. I mean, if you've ever been to my into, into my kitchen, you'll see I've got like sort of, three or four different cabinets full all full of, of beautiful vintage glassware i mean it's my passion to collect um anything from georgian wine rummers, um 1960s um german colored stem glass um beautiful cocktail glasses um I, my absolute favorites are some beautiful i think it's again early late 60s early 70s costa rondo it's a beautiful little bubble in the stem um mm, like sort of chunky yeah. nice whole glassware but it's still elegant mm-hmm. but it's still delicate and elegant at the same time so all 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 my favorite glassware will get it will get an outing it will all be i don't tend to go sort of hodgepodge in, ter- in terms of mixing matching it i always try to make it feel like there's a little bit of a theme in terms of what's going on mm-hmm. the table um China wide, this is probably one of the few few times I would actually hire China in because it's an opportunity to show something a bit different. Maybe sort of tie it in with whatever's on the table as well. Because I mean, my my everyday China is lovely, but it's just plain white. Um, so yeah. if I want to have something that's a bit more special, I would I would be inclined to order in, rent something for the for the, for mm-hmm. the, for the weekend, um, find something that actually fits with the whole whole vibe. Um, Ooh, yeah, and nice. of course, loads of candles. Keep, have that lovely warm atmosphere. Lots of beautiful flowers. Not too many, so you can't see. But having it, so it, it definitely gives a sense of romance, warmth. We're here for an occasion. It's time to celebrate. And mm. it wouldn't be my dinner party without me doing personalised menus for everyone. Has to be done. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just whip out some personalised menus. Yes. Would you do? Yes. Um, um, <laughs> would you do place cards as well? 
Of course, yes. And that, and I think place cards, are, I mean, you want you want to be able to pair who sits next to people as well. I think place cards actually mean that you can actually get those mm-hmm. conversations going in the way you want it to do. So, yes, absolutely. Playing with place cards, lots of beautiful menus. Um, make your guests find their spot rather than just plonking themselves down. Yeah, nice. Have you got have you got a specific theme in mind for this this specific dinner party, or are you just you just going to put a few things I've in and see? I would be lying if I said it wasn't Italian because um, <laughs> it's <basically, laughs> blatantly going to be very, very, very heavily pasta centric. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I think I mean it's. it's I think I, mean, I didn't I've, see that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, if it wasn't pasta, it would be Ossolengi centric. So, very much sort of sharing platters that people and yeah. um, sharing food that people can bond, pass around, find their favourites. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even even going down to the Italian route, I mean, everything, um, you'll, we'll, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about sort of all the different sort of foods that we'd serve at some point. But ever, I'd, I'm a big fan of having lots of little things to pick up. I'm not very good at just doing the here's your starter, here's your main course, here's your dessert. Um, I find that boring. Yeah. I always want to have things where you can basically, so no one gets FOMO and everyone can try different things. Um, so, yes, Italian lean, possibly a little bit of French in it. Um, then, and yeah, lots of Ottolenghi type um, ability nice. to share and have lots of wonderful yeah. different things. And and colours for your table? What what are you what are you going with colour wise for like the candles and the flowers and Ooh, and the stationery? I think I'm going to go um I think probably yellows and blues. It feels like you need some spring tones at the moment. Mm. We need to we need to bring some sunshine in. It's been such a grey start to the year, but I think especially this year yeah. we need that vibrancy. I think I'm gonna go full on Sicilian. Let's embrace the blues and yellows, let's let's bring in the sunshine. Um, let's have that sort of slightly quirky, yes. almost Matisse, um, playful vibes um, that gets everyone going, yes, we're in for a fun, joyful evening. Yeah, I love that. I've got the vision, I've got the vision already. <laughs> <laughs> Are you coming? <laughs> if I'm invited. <laughs> Maybe I'll like tag along. I'll let you well I'll let you tell me who your guests are and then I'll decide if I want to be there or not. <laughs> Very good choice. <laughs> okay, well that was a lovely segue into guests. <laughs> who are we having? One one dead, one alive, one fictional. I really struggle with this question. I went two I went two ways and I thought I started off thinking like, do I want to have foodie people? Um and I thought, but actually, if I invite foodie guests, they're going to be possibly critiquing everything that I do. Do I want that? No, mm. I probably want people that are going to be, and I'm sure they would be wonderful, they would be joyful, they would be delightful, but I think I actually want people that have other other superpowers that they can bring to the table. So um, I went down to the music route in the end, um, and I think I would go for, and this is going to definitely not be my own generation of guests, um, David Bowie as a dead, um, mm-hmm. Marianne Faithful as the still living, and Daisy mm-hmm. Jones of Daisy Jones and the Six as the fictional. Amazing. Um, we've just watched that as well. It's so good, isn't it? My, Did, did you read the book before you yes, watched I read, it? I read the book and I loved the book. And I loved that it was so true to the book as well. Um, and it just completely Same. brought it to life. Same. I read the book before, but then 
Sam and I watched the series together and he'd not read the book and he loved the series. He's like a big fan of like A Star is Born and like all of those kind of things as well. So like it was right up his street and now we basically just have the soundtrack on a loop because he has like three songs that he it's loves so to good. play. It's so good. And actually the I'm soundtrack. fully him now. <laughs> the soundtrack is one of those harder things because so often when you have um, fictional bands in films, the music the fictional band music is terrible and they've managed to achieve that mm-hmm. holy grail which is a fictional band but sounds like it should be should and could be a real band that you can genuinely enjoy and that you genuinely want to sing along to the songs of yeah they actually got um i think mumford the guy from mumford and sons wrote some of them yeah exactly so you've, you've got you haven't yeah. got that sort of contrived feeling so it's it's, it's written with a with a theme in mind but it's yeah. written in an authentic way, but it actually makes you it makes you believe it more. Yeah, yeah, they did a really good job because I, I think the music plays so often throughout the whole thing. If the music actually wasn't very good, then that would have a would big yeah. impact would on like off, how much you? you enjoyed it, wouldn't it? Yeah, completely. And it, oh, it's, it's so, so it's so instrumental. Mm. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, so good. So talk talk me through why you've picked these three i i'm a huge Bowie fan anyway and i was trying to go i don't want to have anyone that i would have a crush on because i know that what would happen is like the moment i've ever been in a i mean i've i've been in queues where i've had people where been stood either in front or behind of people i've had a raging crush on and it turned me into an absolute blithering idiot so it has to no one that i have a crush (laughs) on but um I've I've watched I'm a huge Bowie fan. I've watched a lot of his interviews, and he's such he's always he always has a good anecdote. He's, he's such a good storyteller, um, and you know that he would always have something interesting, quirky, insightful, um, possibly challenge what challenge your views, but not necessarily in a confrontational way, but would make you think about what mm. you were saying. Um, and would give you plenty yeah. of food for thought. So I think he would be a really interesting person who might potentially challenge your views, but would also bring a lot to the table. Um, so yeah. that was the reason for David Berry. Um, and Marianne Faithful was of a similar vein. I, I mean, I, you cannot live a life like that and not have a story to tell. And I can just imagine, like, both of them, you they're people that you want to stay up with until two, three in the morning, lingering over that extra glass of wine, possibly picking it, picking yeah. it a cheese board. Um, time, time is nothing. Time is fluid at that point. They would just have so many stories and you'd be so lost in the things they had to sort of talk about, their view on the, on the world, the things they've experienced, that they would both just be absolutely fascinating guests to have, I think. Yeah. And I think very Mostly, much the same with... With Daisy Jones, it's like obviously fictional, but um, would have would have a story to tell. Would be ragingly good fun. She'd be the terror of the evening. She'd be the one that's like, okay, we're on to the seventh bottle of wine, if not more, at that point, um, and there's no yeah. stopping us. But you need that fun. You yeah, need that vibrancy. You need, you need you need the naughty friend, and I think Daisy Jones would absolutely bring the naughty friend to the table. I think they all would actually yeah, she'd definitely be keeping everyone on their toes. Yeah, completely. Um, but I think they. I think crucially, I think they would all gel with each other, and they'd all have lots of bits of witty anecdote to back, back, to throw back and forth to share their own take on it. And I think it was. I was trying to think because 
you always want people who gel together. I mean, I've one of the art of actually sort of bringing together a dinner party group. It's like, who who do I know who potentially might not have met met each other, but I know would mm. get on? Um, and it's the bringing together a sort of essentially collective of, of, of like minds. I mean, for me, my nightmare dinner, dinner party, I mean, you could go for the, okay, let's go for the three most controversial people that we can find and put them in the same room together. That would be my idea of pure hell. So it'd be like, oh my God, is World War III going to start in my kitchen? I don't want that. <laughs> um, so I'd much rather have people that yeah. brought vibrancy, joy and creativity to the table rather than um, conflict, argument. I mean, an evening full of arguments or um, sparring, for want of a better term, is, is yeah, not my mm. idea of fun. No, yeah, that's not what you want from your dinner party guests. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think makes a good guest other than I bringing think, those like traits? Yeah, I think it is, it is very much about people who are open-minded, willing to chat, appreciative of good food, um, appreciative of a good time. I don't necessarily believe... There's a bad guest. I think it's just possibly the wrong person at the wrong time. Um, on the flip yeah, side of it, but certainly the good the good guest um, is people that go into the evening essentially excited for what's about to come. They they bond well with people. They mingle easily. They're not going to sit sort of sit in silence for the whole time. Um, a really good guest possibly help with the cooking a little bit, help with the washing up, but that's completely non-essential. Um, mm-hmm. But no, a good a good guest essentially brings the party with them and bring bring vibrancy and soul to the evening. Yeah, amazing. I think I think naturally the group that you've picked would bond straight away as well. I think so, yeah. And I think it would be it would be it's a shame it can't be real. I think it would be a hugely fun evening. I mean I've I I would I would be up for that evening entirely. <laughs> well that's good. <laughs> it helps, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely helps to have people that you feel like you might get on with at your dinner party. Indeed. <laughs> so they are all musicians. Yeah. However, what music are you going to be listening to at your dinner party? I have always struggled with knowing what what's the good, the perfect playlist for dinner parties is. I mean, mm. I think you either do you make music the centerpiece, in which case do I bring in someone um, like I don't know, like Camila Sullivan, who she's basically sort of not quite a cabaret artist, but um, her entire repertoire is absolutely fantastic cover version and she's got a hell of a voice um i don't know whether you make have someone like her who would be a wonderful centerpiece or whether you just go with actually let's have some lovely sort of modern jazz playlists that just sort of sets the tone sets the scene sets the vibe Mm. and let's 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 the people bring the personality while still creating an atmosphere i think i'd probably be more inclined to go that way um, and have an mm. evening sense that more centered around um, chatter, laughter, anecdotes than going, which is completely, which I guess is also, it's completely counterintuitive with having a bunch of musicians as your guest, but actually maybe you want to sort of not have music at the focus um, with that kind of audience. Yeah. yeah, let's have something which is good, very pleasant, very enjoyable, but not um, not competing with everything else that's going on around. Yeah, it's more background 
background exactly, music exactly. atmosphere and rather it than the tone, it sets something the mood, specific. It gets everyone in the right in the right place, um, but it doesn't detract from the rest of the, from, from the rest of the evening. So, shall we move on to food and drink? Shall we? <laughs> 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 the moment of truth. <laughs> uh, so you got your, you get a starter, main dessert, drinks. You can have drinks with each each different thing. You can have drinks that run through. Mm-hmm. Let we me can start with starter. What are you going um, for? I'm going to be really, really, really controversial here and say I don't think I can pick a main. Um, so we're going to start with the starter, and we're possibly going to have a whole load of starters. Um, I think, okay. I thought, again, I probably would do more than one starter. Um, because I find whenever I go to a restaurant, I find myself looking at the menu, and I find myself going, I would like to eat at least six of the starters. And I think that, to me, that's where it's at. It's where you've got sort of lots of, lots of wonderful little flavours, and it's a lot more interesting, I think, what you can do there. Um one thing I've made, I've made it. I mean, it's possibly not Italian. It's probably going more into the sort of slightly sort of not quite Mexican either, but just sort of really good, interesting fusion um, food. Um, essentially, it's mm-hmm. in the Mescla book, which is written by um, one of Ottolenghi's Test Kitchen um, um, contributors, okay. and it is the most wonderful. Essentially, it's a sourdough crumpet with um, chopped tuna sashimi with a soy butter and then essentially sort of pickled cucumbers with jalapenos scattered all over the top. Um, Mm. And it is the lightest, most refreshing, absolute flavour punch as well, but it's so, so light. Um, And I've made it for a few dinner parties now and it's such a showstopper, but it takes very little effort to prepare. So it's one of those wonderful courses where you can, you've got the... um, if you're like me, you probably bought the crumpets rather than made them. You've got the crumpets in the pack ready to yeah. go. Tuna is in, is in the fridge, all, all diced and ready. You've probably made it at breakfast time. The cucumber has been marinating and, and pickling all day long, so it's got loads of wonderful flavour in it. And mm. then once you're ready to come through, you can just literally put the crumpets under the grill once it's re- and then just assemble it and then, ta-da, beautiful food effortlessly. And I think that's one of the tricks of a good dinner party is having things that are showstoppers but crucially don't take you away from the evening too much as well. So that would be probably starter number one for me. And it's possibly quite a filling one to start off with, but I think it sort of mm-hmm. it sets the tone um, for an exciting and, and flavoursome evening as well. Um, I would then absolutely have to go into pasta territory. Um, I think we'd go mm-hmm. in something like... Some kind of seafood ravioli um, with Ooh, either yeah. a seafood broth or a really rich decadent crab beast with a herb oil. Um, something, the sort of food where once you've finished trying to eat it, you're still trying to skip, um, scrape it up with your fingers and just to hell with table manners. Yeah. Um, I may as well lick the plate. It's that kind of delicious <laughs> Moorish um, Moorish food. Maybe I should put put bread on the table as well, just in case. Um, are you ser- are you serving these things like in the middle, or are you plating them up individually? I think the I think those two would both need to be plated. Um, it's a, it, 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 I mm-hmm. think certainly like anything crumpet based. It's like you feel stingy if you give someone half a crumpet or they're trying to slice it. Um, yeah. And it also yeah, give everyone their own crumpet. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, 
Starter-wise, it, it's all about the individual. Um, it would have to be the same starter all around for everyone because otherwise, I mean, I certainly mm-hmm. would get FOMO if whoever was eating whatever I wasn't eating. Um, yeah. But I think possibly have a couple of starters. Um, main course-wise... I really, really, what, really. What are you drink? What are you drinking with your starter? What am I drinking? Well, to start it, I'm probably going to go for a really, really lovely crisp white wine, possibly a Chablis. So it's, again, it's got enough flavour to cope with. Nice. But you've got to, you've got a lot of flavour, a lot of strongly flavoured seafood, and I always find I think Chablis paired really nicely with seafood as well. Um, we probably even have a pre-starter cocktail. Um, I think as we go into summer, I'm back uh-huh. on margarita mode, um, but have a lovely um, sashimi chili rim on it. So not just a classic salt rim, but something with a little mm. bit, a little bit of spice to it, Yum. just to again, yeah. get everyone taste buds warmed up for the night of the evening ahead. And they would have to have Pirello olives. You cannot have a dinner party without a few Pirello olives to nibble on at the start. Agreed. You are not the first person to say that. <laughs> <laughs> the margarita or the olives. The olives. They but are, also, margaritas are never a bad choice. No. In my opinion. No such, margaritas are never a bad idea. No, definitely not. <laughs> okay. So, um, sorry, I cut you up for Maine. Let's go back to Maine. Going back to Maine. Okay. I think this is where I go full on pasta. Because I, I, I thought I could go on I think yeah going pasta but sharing pasta so people can serve themselves um I am a complete and utter mushroom fiend but particularly when it comes to wild mushrooms I think they are the most wonderful thing on the planet um so I think I would have to embrace go go super simple um essentially pappardelle wild mushrooms Possibly garlicky, creamy, winey sauce, tons of parmesan, tons of parsley, plonk it in the middle of a table. People, everyone helps themselves. And hopefully there's so much of it again. It's sort of, it's a huge groaning bowl. You can come back for a second if you want to. Um, so there's actually no shortage of it. Um, and then maybe have a few sides. I mean, um, lots of, maybe some lovely tender stem broccoli, um, Leafy, mm-hmm. leafy green salad just to cut the freshness and bring in a bit of zing. Um, but yeah, I think big, big, big bowl of pasta. Everyone can share. Everyone can dive in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big sharing vibe. Delicious. Oof. Okay, what are you drinking with that? What are, we, are we continuing? Are we I, I'm probably going to go red. Actually, I mean, I know that tr- probably traditionally you probably go white with um with with past with with um, mushrooms, but they're also they're meaty enough that they can mm. handle a good red. Um, and I would probably go for I don't know maybe a South African Pinot Noir, something like that. Something that's, it's it's smooth, it's mm. silky, but it's also got a good chunk of flavour to it. Um. I think would pair well and again Mm, it's a lingering drink isn't it I think when you when you head on to red territory I think white wine is crisp it's it's vibrant it's 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 got a bit more playfulness to it red you're heading into okay the evening getting cozier the light is dimming candles are burning down Mm -hmm. Um, let's embrace the cozy a bit more and let's have something that's a bit more sumptuous Oh, you've got all the vi- all the vibes. I'm ready to come to your dinner party. I definitely <laughs> would like to be there. <laughs> I better get cooking. Okay. 
<laughs> I know that's the issue with these. I'm like, when are we? When are we coming round? Into <laughs> um, <laughs> well, another path today, if nothing else. I know. Well, definitely, yeah. Where are um, where are your favourite places to ha- get pasta if you're going out? I, I mean, I, as you know, because we went there, I love. Um, Ave Mario. Um, I think combination of because mm-hmm. it's got a really good cocktail cocktail list. The uh, and the pastas are always fantastic. Um, Bancone is always beautiful. Um, I went there last night. Did you? It's so good. So what did you good. Have? I've never been what before. Um, I had. We shared like burrata and focaccia for starter. It was my friend's birthday. Um, and then, what did I have for main? Oh, I had like a pork and andouille ragu. It was Ooh, very that's good. That yeah, it was really good. And it had um, that pasta. I can never remember what it's called. That it's like long, like spaghetti, but it's kind of like wrinkled, like a brain. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly the one you mean. Um, it's a wide one, isn't it? Wide Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know the one. Um, and I can't the remember. The name what it's has called, also but... escaped me. <laughs> It was delicious, and it like really like holds on to all the sauce. Yeah, it's, um, it's, 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 it's those thrills yeah, are fantastic for holding the sauce, aren't they? Yeah, um, but yeah, I'd never been there before, and I've wanted to go for ages. So definitely recommend yeah, there as it's, well. It's well, um, well, well worth a visit. Mm. Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, okay, so dessert. I'm not a dessert person. I really Are you not. Yeah. No, I'd rather have cheese. <laughs> Much rather have cheese. Yeah, I mean, um, you can have if cheese. I, I, <laughs> if I have dessert, I tend to um, gravitate to things like tiramisu. Um, I think actually, mm-hmm. if I was dessert, I think tiramisu is pretty much the perfect dessert. But I think what I would probably want to do. Um, when I was I, I was in France mm-hmm. um, late last year, and um, we um, road trip. My mum's got a house um, in the south of France. We road trip um, back to the UK, and we stopped in um, I think it was Lyon, um, which was beautiful, and had the most spectacular meal at this restaurant. But I was saying to my mum that this should be Michelin style. It should be Michelin recommended. And we were chatting to the guy who owned it and said, actually, I don't want, I, I know it could be, but I don't want to go down that route because it would completely ruin the vibe and the aesthetic that I've been going for in a restaurant. But what we had, um, I again, I, I deviated from dessert by, went, by going for the cheese option. But what, what, what they did, which was absolutely sublime, was a very, very, very light whipped goat cheese, which presented... Um, with essentially a honeycomb biscuit on top. So you've got something which is sweet with it. Um, and the goat cheese is basically almost like goat cheese foam, which is then scooped up with this biscuit and had that sort of cheese course as dessert vibe to it. And honestly, it was a sharing thing for three people at the table because it was me, my mum and my husband. I have no shame in saying that I probably ate 75% of it. And I think something like that is what I would do um, for dessert. Something which, if if there's sweet tooth coming, I'll probably I'll probably make a lovely tiramisu. But I would absolutely be all all over the create a show showstopper cheese as dessert um, course instead. Which again, which would 
be a bit different to the norm. It would do something people weren't expecting. Um, and hopefully there would be not a scrap left. Delicious. Oof. Well, you, you just can't go wrong with cheese, can you? You can't. You, you can't. Understand, <laughs> like, I reckon, like, I just couldn't go vegan because of cheese. I did. I, I did mean, chocolate as well, but um, especially cheese. A few years ago, and actually, yeah, I mean, the vegan cheese, I think vegan cheese has come a long way. Um, but yeah, I think it's, life without cheese is life. I mean, I could just about live without chocolate. You can get some quite good vegan chocolates. Um, mm. especially if, if you think you can bring in things like oat, oat or almond milk to create the milk milk chocolatey um, flavour but vegan cheese it's a bit like non-alcoholic wine it's got a long 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 way to go yeah it just, do- yeah. It just doesn't compare I, was, I could go back to being vegetarian but I couldn't go vegan I don't think yeah oof delicious again are you drinking anything specific with your dessert or we continuing with the red? I think we'll probably continue with the red. Um, I think we'll probably head into after after dinner aperitif. Um, not aperitif. Is it aperitifs after dinner? Digestifs. Um, we'll probably head into digestive territory um, after dinner. Yeah. Maybe an especially martini for the coffee fiends, um, a rum, mm. a whiskey sour, um, an old-fashioned maybe. Oh, um, I but I think yeah. with the cheese, we, we'll stick with the red. Maybe put a tokai on the table if, if someone's got a sweet tooth and wants to have it again. That sort of honey honey pairing with with the honey and the goat's cheese. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. I think that could work. Yeah, maybe. Great... Actually, yeah, let's scrap the red. Let's have a tokai instead. <laughs> Perfect. A last minute change. <laughs> quick deviation. Quick run down to the wine cellar. It's like hold your hold your glasses. <laughs> We've changed our minds. <laughs> Yes, we're changing minds. I mean, that sounds like a fantastic three-course meal, in my opinion. I am very check, glad. Check, check, check. <laughs> like pasta, um, check, oof. cheese, check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheese with every course, basically. I think Almost. I actually pretty much have done that, haven't I? Um, Actually, I'm not sure you've got. I'm not sure you've got any cheese in your starter, but That's probably a good thing. I think got you've two cheese, got, two cheese you've probably got or, enough yeah. in the rest to to even yeah. it out. <laughs> like, do not have your cholesterol levels checked after this dinner party. They will be terrible. <laughs> you might not eat, need to eat the next day, but that's fine. No. But that's fine. You, you won't. You won't need to eat. You can just have maybe nibble on some more cheese the next day if you're hungry. <laughs> Okay, entertainment. Are you going to have any sort of sort of entertainment at your dinner party? Do you like to? Do you have a game you like to crack out? I'm I'm a big fan of actually of not going down the entertainment route. I love mm-hmm. length, immersive, interesting conversations with no distractions. So, um, I thought about. I mean, do we want to bring in magicians? Do we want to have fireworks? Despite the fact that it's in a small residential house in Ealing it's like yeah that could be really nice and incongruous and a bit ridiculous but actually no I'd much rather just completely immerse myself in the wonderful company have some wonderful have some, have some gorgeous music playing in the background um and just soak up soak up the atmosphere and I think if it's a lovely evening spill out into the garden and just enjoy the literal and figurative warmth 
Yeah, and I mean, you do have a very a very music-heavy guest list, so exactly. you never know, you so, might get your own little... Uh... <laughs> you might, yeah, maybe One can bring the guitar down, see what happens, see if anyone fancies um, yeah. providing you a little bit of light entertainment themselves. Yeah, you just have to leave one like lying around somewhere in oh, eyesight. There's always, a, there's always a guitar lying around here, so I'm sure we could find some. Perfect. <laughs> So that, like, you don't have to ask them to play, but, like, exactly. hopefully they get exactly. to the point where they've had enough wine that they're, like, Artfully Ooh. placed. Exactly. Artfully mm. placed in the, perhaps just on the cusp of the inside-outside, so they can maybe just wander down the steps into the garden, <laughs> pick up the guitar, um, and gently start strumming. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, that's how you wind oh, down so an good. evening, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, oh, it sounds lovely. I would definitely like to come. I definitely <laughs> want to organise it. <laughs> Guess this is going um, to be challenging, okay, some... unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Maybe yeah, we can I'll find my most rock star friends. <laughs> we have to hope enough people listen to this podcast, and then. Um... And then maybe we'll f- we'll reach one of them. Exactly, and <laughs> you if, can put if, in the work if, for if the other two. The one, they can bring their friend, and then voila, we have a perfect evening. <laughs> Did you know actually um, that I was just about to say that um, might be tricky to get Daisy Jones, but you could get the could the, get the woman actress, that yes. played her, whose name whose name Who? I cannot remember. Riley Keir, you, isn't it? You, yeah. Did you know that she's Elvis's granddaughter? I didn't know that while watching Daisy Jones, but um, I think my husband pointed it out to me, um, I think just as just we were wrapping it up, and I was like, that makes so much sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was big, <laughs> yes, yes, I can completely see it now. So I reckon she's probably got, got some good connections too. I reckon she does, yeah. I mean, she would be a good person to bring along, mm. to bring the fun, I think, anyway. Um, if she's anything like, mm. I mean... Actresses is always a funny one, isn't it? Because, like, how are, are they cast because they have a certain affinity with their character, or are they cast because they can bring yeah. something to that person and, and embody someone that's completely the opposite of them? Um, I'd like to think that um, Riley Keir has got a little bit of Daisy Jones in her, and I think could possibly bring uh, bring bring the mm. party to the party, and yeah. she can bring the band. I reckon so. Yes. You can yes. Bring and maybe she'll she turn up with she the guitar. She can definitely bring Sam Claflin with her. With her. <laughs> okay, I have some quick fire questions for you. Go for it. I was going to ask you if you prefer sweet or savoury, but I think I've 100% got that one checked <laughs> off. Oh, of course it's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> so, savory all the way, and as much chilly as possible. <laughs> oh, interesting. Love that. Um, Love chilly. Okay, something something that you always have in the cupboard. Chilli. I've got more. I've got more chili. different types of chilli than you can possibly imagine. I think I've got at least twenty different types of chilli sauces. Four different types of chilli flakes. Don't know how many different varieties of harissa um, and, and harissa like like sauces. Yeah, chili I have in abundance. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
actually, I think I think as a as someone who loves cooking otolenghi style dishes as well, I literally I probably got every single herb, spice, and condiment you could probably ever need. <laughs> so a good person to borrow off is always good. Well, they're always they're good things to have in the cupboard as well because then you can always make something with what you've got. Exactly, exactly. You can always spruce something up. What yeah. um, what would your go to like chili addition to a meal be? Like go to chili sauce or? I depend on the meal. Um, I love Cholula. Um, so if you're doing like I don't know, like sort of a brunch with like mm. poached eggs, avocados, and some greens and so forth, then that is absolutely Cholula territory. Mm-hmm. Pasta has to be a classic chili oil. No, no competition at all. Um, mm-hmm. Asian style, you go head down the Sriracha route. Um, there's a chili sauce for everything, really, isn't it? You can almost have an have an entire meal <laughs> built around chili sauce pairings if you wanted to. Yeah, that would be good, that wouldn't it? Podcast. Chili sauce pairings. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Uh, Favorite cookbook? Otolenghi, definitely. Um, whether I think it's probably Which the first one. Otolenghi, the... Yeah. The first, the first book, I think that's the one. I think it's, it's the first one for you. For, it's often the best. Um, that was the gateway mm-hmm. drug for me. Um, the most of the pages are covered in I don't know zatar, cumin, mixed herbs. There's signs signs of love. I mean, I'm the sort of person. Most of my recipe books are fairly pristine looking. I'm the sort of person who hates cracking the spine of books, so try to keep things looking their best. The Otolenghi book mm-hmm. has, is so far gone now that um, there's no hope for it. It looks <laughs> like a book that's been cooked from. I think it's nice when they look loved. Yeah. And yeah. And you can always tell when it's a used cookbook which are the which are the pages that you go back to all the time because they're, like the, the spine page. just falls open, yes. or they're the ones with like food stains on them. <laughs> yeah, the cookbook question is an interesting one though because I mean I've got cookbooks that I cook from, and Nottlengi is very much the book for cooking from. But then if you go mm. down something like. Nigella or Tessacurus. I mean, Tessacurus, I think it's um, something lemon and linen water or something like that. There's so much storytelling in the book, but that's the sort of cookbook that I would probably happily curl up on an armchair with on a lazy afternoon and browse the mm-hmm. stories alongside of the recipes. You end up completely ravenous, but you've essentially sort of fed your brain at the same time. Ottolenghi is yeah. much more, this is, the book, this is the book for the recipes and not for the stories. Mm. Yeah, I could. I can just sit and flick through cookbooks for yeah. for ages, and then not end up making anything. Exactly. Never. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's food porn, basically, isn't it? It's just, it's eyeing up yeah. all the things you could create, soaking up the atmosphere that the writer has created in 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 sharing mm. the recipe, and going like, I sort of feel like I've eaten it already now, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I um. Cookbooks are one of those things that I just can't help but buy as well. No, like I've got a bit I've of a got, cookbook too many. habit. There is no such thing as too many. I just probably need another bookshelf. No, yeah, same. I just love them. Yeah. And and my family just knows that, like, Christmas, they're just like, what cookbooks have you been eyeing? Like, come on, give me a list. <laughs> so I'm always guaranteed to get yeah. a couple at Christmas. Like, space is no object. You'll always find a space for the cookbook. Yeah, totally. 
Um, okay, your takeaway of choice. Pizza. But good pizza. Pizza. Of, um, yeah, we're, we're what, really what lucky. What kind of pizza? Um, the local, uh, we've got a really lovely, um, uh, yeah, Napoli, so Neapolitan um, pizza here, literally about sort of five minutes around the corner from us. Um, when it first opened, um, I used to order um, their beautiful sourdough pizzas with olives, mushrooms, ham, and artichokes on it, which wasn't on the menu. Um and I've ordered it so many times now that they've actually put it on the menu and called it the Caruso. Um, so I would have to order the Caruso lest they um, worry that I've gone off it. That's amazing. <laughs> What's it called for anybody that the also Caruso, lives so around C- there? No, 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 the, um, oh, like, the, um, the restaurant. The restaurant is Oro Napoli. The gold of Napoli. Okay. Lovely. What a name. <laughs> I think you can't go wrong with a good pizza either. No, you really can't. I think a good pizza completely hits the spot. It's one of those things like if if you said pizza or pasta, I would always say pasta. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to takeaway, I will always, always go for pizza. Yeah. Yeah, it's it just hit, it hits the spot as a takeaway a pizza. It does, it does, and it's, it's one of those ones that travels well. I mean, pasta is always going to end up a bit cold. It's not straight out the kitchen, straight to your straight onto your table. Um, mm-hmm. Pizza travels. Pizza, pizza is as nice cold the next morning often as it is when it's served hot. It's a different flavour, but it's still delicious. <laughs> you wouldn't necessarily <laughs> want that pasta that's been sat out all night, though. No, I'm also one for ordering more pizza than you need oh, yeah. and then having oh, a yeah. over pizza it's almost like one yeah. per person and one for the table <laughs> exactly so good okay um no dinner party would be complete without oh that's a hard question that's a really hard question um <laughs> good wine and good food yeah Good wine, um, good food. I don't think there's anything, anything, any single item I would say it has to have. I think it's all about good company, good wine, good food. Yeah. That's what I love about dinner parties is like, and just dining in general, is yeah. bringing people together around a table to share in exactly. a meal. It doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah, you're providing the you're essentially providing the means of facilitating wonderful conversations. Um, yes. The things that you need the most are the guests. So no, no good good dinner party is um, is complete without the guests. So yeah, yeah I think because exactly. It doesn't really matter whether the food goes wrong, what you're drinking. It's like the community of bringing people together to share yeah, in completely. in an evening. Yeah, completely. It? it's all it's all about that sort of that bringing people together, having rich mm. conversations, having an evening surrounded with laughter, chatter, etc. Um, in some way, the food and drink are secondary, um, but they yeah. but they play such a big part in being conversation starters, in warming people up, in relaxing them. But it's all it's all part mm-hmm. and parcel. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a plus to have the good food and the good wine. Of but, course, of course. I mean, um, I'm going to I'm going to be pissed off if I go to a dinner party and they just serve beans on toast. Yeah, and they go, um, "You said that the food wasn't that important." 
I heard you on that podcast. I mean, I've got very high standards, but I I expect it's like a lot of my friends are also very good cooks. So you go in knowing that you're going, but you don't need to worry because it because it's going to be delicious. Um, So it's unimportant with a certain amount of trust that you know that the person is going to create something wonderful anyway. Um, Yeah. If you're going somewhere and you go, oh, this person's a bit of an iffy cook, that's when you start to you go, is this going to be fun? Are we going to have to Mm -hmm. just get blind drunk? What are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, I also think there's something quite fun about when people, when things go wrong at oh, dinner yes. parties. Like, it's quite funny when, like, something gets burnt or you have to kind of resolve a meal that wasn't, didn't quite turn out how, oh, yeah. how they wanted what, it to. What's your biggest dinner party disaster? Oh, good question. Um... Not a dinner party disaster, but one year my granny forgot to turn the oven on for the turkey at Christmas, which was not ideal. Sushi. <laughs> we ate like like five hours after we were supposed to, but it was fine. It was absolutely fine. You always resolved it. You expect. Um, yeah, there's got to be some sort of family drama, right? Um, <laughs> and, we, and also, like, I love that when things go wrong, that you can joke about them forever afterwards. Exactly. I mean, mine, not so much a dinner party disaster. I remember when I took my mum up, we, we all, we basically treat my mum a surprise um, birthday party for one of her big birthday a few years back. And we went out, We the first night we had the most exquisite meal at this Michelin star um, restaurant in, in um, Budapest. And the second mm-hmm. evening we went out to um, another one, which came highly recommended by one of my aunt's friends. We were the only people in the restaurant. Um, they had musicians playing who then insisted on essentially almost like um, vultures circling around the table as they played, um, waiting for, for one of us to essentially, I don't know, tip them or give them some money. Um, right. And it was the most excruciating experience. But it's brilliant <laughs> because it's also one of the most memorable experiences I've ever had. And even 10 years on, we every time we mention it, the whole family just dissolved into hysterical laughter because it was so yeah. bad that it was brilliant. And it's things like that which uh, you will never forget them. They were not, they're not memorable for the no. right reasons, but my God, they're memorable. Yeah, and just they just make for great stories in the future. Completely. No, yeah, so good. Um, okay, last question. Your go-to snack. My go-to snack. Um, I'm the sort of person who opens the fridge, finds the cheddar and cuts slices off it, possibly straight out of the fridge. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be cheese. Um, I'm, yeah, if there's ever any good cheese in the fridge, I have been known to accidentally just... Slither, slither by slither, tackle an entire wheel of brie. Um, if there's cheddar and I'm feeling snackish, the cheddar gets attacked. Yeah, all, always cheese, my go-to snack. Nice. It hits the spot, doesn't it? It does. You're like, oh, I'm a little bit peckish. What can I have? And you, and, and it's that peckish thing. You don't want much. And, there's, and it's so easy. To, you can just cut off the amount that you need um, with cheese. Yeah, the perfect snack. <laughs> Well, we'll end it there um, on on the cheese note. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We're on cheese now. 
We've gone full wheel of cheese. Cheese, cheese, and more cheese. <laughs> yes, who knew? I, I, um, I knew I was a cheese fiend, but I didn't realise it was that much. <laughs> subtly, subtly cheese fiend. Absolutely. Until I called you out on your favourite snack. <laughs> <laughs> got away with it almost got away with it and then suddenly it was like, yeah, here we go here is the moment of truth you like cheese yeah <laughs> oh well thank you so much for coming on that was such a fun oh, chat thank you and you so would be much talking about pasta but <laughs> yeah it's been my it's been absolutely my dream conversation we talked about <laughs> pasta entertaining some more pasta and a, and a matter a grating of cheese for a good measure a grating of cheese. Perfect. <laughs> Do you want to let people know where they can find you um, if they don't already follow you? If you don't already follow me, you can find me at ink and paper underscore LDN on Instagram. God, I sound like a children BBC presenter right now. Um, <laughs> and um, you can, and also at um, ink and paper. So uh, www.inkandpaperdesign.co.uk in terms of the website. Yes, if you're looking for wonderful wedding stationery. Thank you very much. And <laughs> um, yes, thank you. It's been such a joy to chat with you. And thank you so much for having me oh, as a guest. Oh, fun. Of course. Thank you for coming on. Um, enjoy the rest of your uh, your day. And, and um, I'll chat to you later. Bye. Thanks soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dine With Me. If you enjoyed it, I'd absolutely love if you would subscribe and leave us a review. Being a brand new podcast, it really, really helps for people to find us. If we've inspired you to get hosting and you fancy yourself some playful tableware or you need help setting the scene for an upcoming event, you can follow us at Studio Dine on socials or check out our website, studiodine.com. I'll see you next time.